Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Charity Stripe on the all-new Mightier 1090 AM SoCal Sports Talk. Now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they're free. I'm Joshua Fisher along with Alexander Tosopoulos and San Diego's own Nicholas Snacks Kreider. If you don't like a DJ Airhorn sound effect, that is totally kosher. Just hit us up on Instagram at the.charity.stripe or on Twitter at underscore charitystripe underscore. Wow, NBA Finals is done. Part of me is sad because I love basketball. And I, want there to be, I want there to be as much basketball as humanly possible. But I am a little excited to move on and have some of these closing conversations. If that makes, Does that make sense a little bit? Because I feel like the coverage of the NBA playoffs was a bit long. Yeah, I mean, I think you're excited about the draft coming up. I think you're excited about the offseason, where these superstars going to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot to be discussed. The Olympics. The Olympics as well. You know, we've got a lot of superstars playing overseas, losing games. They shouldn't be losing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to talk about. There is a lot to talk about. Um, you don't really get a break, honestly, with the Olympics into college and preseason stuff. Yeah, and, I mean, we yeah. say it all the in summer league. We say it all the time. The NBA never stops. I mean, the NFL really does have like a dead period, oh, like kind sure. of like what we're in now almost. Um, like the biggest news is everyone going to the White House where Brady is making jokes like Joe Biden jokes, like with Joe Biden, um, which is kind of weird because I, I think we all know what side he was on. Florida Tom is like, he's, he's a like real a new, comedian. Yeah, he's like really- He's turn- a character. Yeah, he's really a character. You he's think fine. it has anything to do with the fact that he's not under Bill Belichick's eyesight anymore? I think it has everything to do with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a different culture. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's you got like, Bruce Aarons over here just being the player's coach who yeah. doesn't care, who, who like raps with the team. And then you got Bill Belichick who- Probably does not wrap with the team. Well, if anyone, this is a little bit of a, a spoiler alert, spoiler yeah, alert. If you've them. seen Space Jam, A New Legacy, they actually make a funny reference to Bill Belichick. That's all I'll say, actually. They just make a reference to Bill Belichick. Josh, you've seen the movie. I know you have. And I'm like scratching my head. I do. Don I was... Cheadle has a brief outfit change. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, I, I remember. I mean, that movie was. It was the subtlest kind of like just little little stab at Bill Belichick I have seen in, in a while across a, a cross sport comparison too which you don't always see here's what I, here's how I measure movies would I rather watch that movie or Journey to the Center Earth two which movie would I rather starring Josh Hutcherson is is Dwayne the Rock Johnson in that for movie? sure I and I love Dwayne well the way like, you're prefacing this I'm imagining you're you're gonna go with Journey to the Center of the Earth two. Close, Nick. You knew me really well up until that point with the draft and the NBA offseason talk because you know that's what I get so excited it's close, about. It's close. It's, but it was it was that close. That's how bad I thought the new legacy. It wasn't worse than Suicide Squad, the original, the Suicide Squad. It wasn't worse than that. Which they're also making a sequel to, which is blasphemous. Yeah, because same director, was, same James Gunn once again. That movie was so bad. I it was unfathomably bad. I don't I, even think it's the worst movie in the DC. What's worse, Batman vs Superman? Is that worse than that? That movie stunk too. No, isn't there a Wonder Woman that sucked pretty bad recently? The most recent Wonder Woman eighty four is really, really not good. Journey to the Center Earth level bad. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't great. 
Yeah. In comparison to the first Wonder Woman, which I actually uh, really enjoyed. But yes, talk to me. <laughs> uh, yes, basketball. We we have wrapped it with a nice little bow on the season. We've talked a lot about narratives, uh, you know, on this show. Yeah. Giannis wins Finals MVP in a historic game six. Scored fifty points. Only seven other guys in NBA history have done that, including him. Scored fifty points in a in a Finals game. Now in Finals closeout games, only two guys have done it. Bob Pettit and Giannis. That's it. Wow. I think that was their game seven, to be completely honest. If they were to lose game six, they were going to lose game seven as well because they were going back to Phoenix. I thought I think they wanted to win it in Milwaukee, and they did. Yeah, of course. I, I I think like been... Maybe, but I think that this was one of those scenarios where it's like I can't even get to the hypothetical because there was no way Giannis was losing this game, clearly. Dude, right. they literally had the Dothraki army outside that stadium. It was, the, it was one of the crazy – I feel like it was on a music festival on steroids. Like red hot chip, red hot chili peppers at Slane Castle. Like that's like the sea of people I was looking at. We told yeah. the people that we were going to try to go to Milwaukee. We didn't make it happen. We no. should have gone. Yeah, for sure. You, you, like we're in Los Angeles and there's all these mask rules. It was the complete opposite outside Milwaukee Bucks, where they play that arena. It was insane. Outside that stadium was no holds barred. People packed Deer Street. Them, like, Deer Street, packing like sardines. I mean, that fan base. I think it's great for Milwaukee sports because it really shows how. I mean, like the, how loyal a fan base they have and how bad they wanted it. I mean, I think everyone's known that Wisconsin sports is a big deal. I mean, you got the Packers and the Brewers are playing good baseball right now, and you got the University of Wisconsin. I mean, there's, Badgers, yeah. there's some pretty good fan bases out there. But we always regard them, though, as like a smaller market. Because it's far away. It's in the Midwest. Like, I think that's about it, right? I, I, think, it, I think it does have the staying power. Like, normally I would look at a team like this and be like, okay— they have Giannis, yeah, but that was really it. And if Giannis wants to go win more with all these guys coming back and healthy and, like, the Nets, the Lakers, um, obviously the Clippers won't be at full health if they even do sign Kawhi, but, like, Clay coming back with the Warriors. Like, you look at a team like the Bucks and you're like, okay, that was it. That was your time. It's going to be a lot tougher going forward. But I look at this. You see the fan base. You see how it is in Milwaukee you know, with the Brewers, with the Badgers, and you kind of get a larger glimpse and go, oh, wait, this is a massive state for sports. People can go and come there. It could be like the golden state of the North, honestly. I, I also don't think like when I am thinking about the NBA season next year, yes, I agree that a healthy Lakers and a healthy Warriors team, even a healthy Clippers team as well, like and a healthy Nuggets team, like, but that's in the Western Conference. Like the only other team really is the Nets. And of course, if they're at full health, like we all know how we feel about that team going mm -hmm. into this playoffs, what we saw when Harden, just Harden and KD were healthy. But but the Bucks are right there. They just won the championship. You can't take yeah. that away from them. Like and they have currently, and it changes all the time, right? Like when they were playing against the Nets, Kevin Durant was the best player in the world. Giannis is the best player in the world right now. Like you have to kind of give credit where credit is due. Like not to I'm not taking away from what kind of player Kevin Durant is, but Giannis he's changed, right? Yeah. Th this was a guy that we kind of he had gotten two MVPs season MVPs and we had kind of ridden him off and been mm -hmm. like, okay, he's great. But at the end of the game, you can't trust him. He can't create his own shot. He's limited in certain capacities. He was completely unlimited in this game six and throughout the rest of the, the finals. I mean, he averaged 35 points, 13 rebounds and six assists and some big blocks too. Ma and, and yeah, the two, way, the two way stuff is what will yeah. take him to that upper Multiple. echelon. 
Yeah. He had five, I think he had five blocks in the last, last game. It's in the big, like the one on eight, and obviously in the game. Before Historic blocks. Madison. Historic blocks. Yeah. He I mean he's a he's a true rim protector. I just always felt that the late game stuff was unfair because I mean that's there's like Shaq is not the late game player. It was Kobe. Like you have guys like he's the big man and people like yeah he brings the ball up. He's a great passer. You know he's super athletic and can run the floor. So people just assume that he could kind of take over in the late game and he should take over in the late game when realistically it was supposed to be Middleton and Middleton obviously came to fruition and became that guy. Yeah, I do think he also figured out what he has to do in the, at the end of a game. Stay in the goddamn paint. Stay in the paint and and bring guys in, draw them, and and you know drop it off. Find open guys, make things easier for Middleton. Set the screen and roll to the rim. Takes a lot of pressure off of that guy, that second guy helping on Middleton. Giannis just like unlocked himself. I mean, he was already a two time MVP, but he just he took another step further. Um, I think there are plenty of plenty of arguments that you can make about like where his the trajectory of his career Nick yeah. we were talking before the show started and you mentioned like he's getting his first ring before LeBron he gets his first his first ring without a super team that was something that he commented on well, in we the were making game. the rundown it was, it was the sh- really important for him to win this first ring without mm-hmm. a quote unquote super team we're making the rundown of the show and like I'm suggesting hey maybe we cover is he top 25 player of all time is he already a hall of famer if he retired tomorrow and Nick you're saying these are boring questions because it's obvious at that point to you. I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, you've, you've won two MVPs. You won a, you've won, does he win multiple defensive player of the year? Just one. Just, just one. one. Okay. Finals MVP and just won his first finals before the age of LeBron. So I, I mean, look, I think he's going to get more and I think he's, he's going to get his. And if, if he were to retire today, I would say yes. I mean, the, the show that he put on this last finals, it's definitely, it was a show. It's his show. It was a show. It he made everyone biblical. forget that, that Harden was hurt, that Kyrie was hurt. It was great basketball. It was two great basketball teams. It made everyone forget that Anthony Davis was hurt. Like, all of these things, and I think it would have been a little bit different if the Suns had won. I know people would have been praising Chris Paul for finally getting that first ring, but because their route in the West was a little bit easier than what it than what it should have been. I mean, Legler came out and said that had the Nuggets, Clippers, and Lakers all been at full health, they probably would not have made it. And I think that's a tough hypothetical because you just don't know what would have happened. And the Suns, for all intents and purposes, really handed it to the Lakers. They dominated the Nuggets. Like, look, Murray's really good, but they dominated the Nuggets. Yeah. And then they they beat the Clippers. Truthfully, beat the Clippers. And so, yeah, I mean, like, obviously, Kawhi Leonard, of all, even with AD, of all AD, Murray, and Kawhi, it's a no-brainer that Kawhi has the biggest impact on the court. Right. Um, but I, I think, like, the Suns' situation, I'm, I'm just worried that it's, and we'll get to our side of debate, that it's a situation kind of like the Heat, where I think we just left off last year, like the Heat peaked too early. Did the Suns peak too early, and did they shine there too quickly? Is it is that was that it? Was that what we were going to get from this team? Have they had their Icarus moment? Yes. Have they flown too close to the Sun? And the t- Suns themselves? The Sun, the Tesopolis Greek mythology moment of yeah. the of the month. Because I don't I don't want to do it weekly to you. Okay. <laughs> uh, did they peak too early? This is not our side of debate. We'll get into that in a second. But do they peak? Is there is that even that such a, is such a thing as peaking? I don't think it's a thing. I think that getting your young players to a finals is very valuable. Yeah. With Booker and Aiden getting there, and even Cam Johnson, I think it's very valuable to to get to this point and give them that wealth of experience that they're getting here. Yeah. There's no such thing as peaking too early in my mind. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Um, it's it's all valuable. Yeah, it's all valuable playoff experience. Would we have rather them been an an eight seed and get bounced in round one, or no, would we rather no. them not meet the playoffs? Like, 
they made it as far as they could possibly go. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's fun to get into our debate, our mm-hmm. actual debate that you can go to Sided.co or the Sided app and yeah. check out. Is Chris Paul going to move on from the Suns? Mm-hmm. So what's or what's the best plan of action for yeah. Chris Paul going forward? Is it to stay with the Suns or is it to go move on somewhere else? I think he should go to the Clippers. I think he should run it back with the Clippers, a fan base that already loves him. He's very familiar with the organization. He's familiar with the city. Go back to L.A., team up with a healthy Kawhi and Paul George, and let's get it done. He shouldn't go to the— Can we just say he— Well, I think most likely what people would throw out is that he would go to the other L.A. team because of his relationship with LeBron James. Obviously, they're very, very close off the court. Can we say we don't want that? Can we just all come out and say, like, that's like— I do not want that. I don't want that. You want that? I don't. I mean, you don't care. I don't really want him to go to either LA team. I want. I, 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 I would I, prefer for him. My preference is that he either stays. Yeah. In Phoenix, because I think as much as those guys have grown, Aiton and Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges and obviously Booker as well. I think Booker has done a lot of the growth on you know by himself anyway. But he was super instrumental in Aiton's development this year. Like, there's still so much more room for them to grow. Like, there they're, is. They're all so very young. Now, I the, the thing is for me. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, the thing no, you're for good. Me is I don't, I don't think he's got a good chance of winning it with if he runs it back with the Suns. I, I, I think I, that I their agree. chances are going de- down. Their odds are getting. Well, worse I think that was my peak point. Like, well, that yeah, was but like, the, I'm just that saying, there's no thing. There's such things peaking too early in my mind. You yeah, know? Like, no, understandable. They could have another peak, but they're going to come back down a little bit. Now with the Clippers, I think for his legacy, it's going to look better if he wins a championship with the Clippers and if he wins a championship with the Lakers. Right? He's been on how many teams now? Rockets. Hornets, Thunder, Thunder, Suns, Clippers. That's five teams, right? So, I mean, like the New Orleans Hornets. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it within the family, the family, right? Stick with one more team that you already with instead of trying to go hunt down a championship with LeBron, the greatest of all time. Right. I would go get your own. Go bring a championship to the Clippers who have never won a championship. Well, what about the like? Okay. I'm assuming he's going back to the Suns because they made it to the finals and they're going to try to like, you're also under the presumption. It's like, I always say with like, I mean, I wish the Celtics had added somebody, but like I always was saying with the Celtics throughout the season, like your presumption is a guy like Tatum and a guy like Jalen. Like you don't need to go get a superstar because you have them. Like those guys are going to get better. So the presumption for me is that he, I assume feels that Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and Carl Bridges and Cam Johnson campaign. These guys are going to make the jump. Jalen Smith, if he ever you know sure. touches the court, these guys are going to make the jump up. But you, I, I, I would love honestly the Clippers. If Kawhi was healthy, that'd be a lot more fun. He's not healthy. You don't know what's going to happen there. They could let Kawhi walk and sign Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul is going to be a free agent. I think the darkest of horses, and I don't think it's going to happen, would be a New Orleans situation hmm. where it's a sign and trade. The, the Suns go, okay, it's not probably not going to happen with Chris Paul as much as we love him. We do have to prep for the future a little bit and try to lock in our young core. Let's swap Lonzo, Lonzo yeah. and Chris Paul. Interesting. I think which is not going to happen. Well, I think it's a good I think I think again like piggybacking on what you were talking about Nick that the Suns can't win with this current roster. Mm-hmm. They just can't. If if those other Western Conference teams come back healthy, they're going to beat the Suns in a playoff series. We also saw that this team in and of itself can't win a championship at least against who who's across from them in the Eastern Conference. So like there's clearly something you need to change in the Suns, you need to upgrade. It's not changing. It's just upgrading. And some of that can come from within, like you're talking about. Like, Devin Booker has to become a better three-point shooter. DeAndre Aiden can't 
get in foul trouble. You have to get a backup to him so that if Dario Saric goes down, you're not screwed, right? You're not having to play Frank Kaminsky more than 20 minutes at a game. Mm-hmm. Those are all really, really tough asks. As well, there's another thing that, like, Chris Paul is 36. Yeah. Going to be 37. Like, tick, tick. And he looked bad at points in the finals. Yeah. He looked gassed. He, it's looked a game, he looked good in the last game. But he is, like, injury prone. But there, was, injury game, prone player. But there was games in the finals that he, he looked terrible. He yeah. looked good. No, I'm with it. He looked good, but, Can't like, that. how much better did he look than Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday? Yeah. No, I mean, Holiday had some offensive woes, but he, Holiday he was is fantastic a, defensively. He's the, such a menace defensively. The thing I'll say really about, about Chris Paul with the potential to stay with the Suns is that what he sees in that locker room is different than what we see. Of course. Sure. We see it on TV. We see it on social media. We see it in the news on SportsCenter. That's all we see. We see them play their games. But Chris Paul is in the locker room with these guys. He's watched them grow. He's watched them mature. He's He's got to know them on a personal deep level. Yeah. Maybe he sees something differently than we do where he thinks that these guys can make it back to the championship next year because he knows that these guys have already made this step in the growth period, that yeah. they're going to make another jump, and they're going to get even better and get a better opportunity to win a championship. Well, Monty yeah. Williams as well, he's got a great relationship with, so let's right. not kick that to the side. And I, I think I, that's like goes to the point of like these guys taking that next step. There's, But there is, there's a ceiling to talent levels and what certain guys can do. It can be broken, of course, like... I don't know everything. You know, none of us know everything. And we're just, it's proje- it's all projective. Like, we're yeah. all just guessing. But to me, just from watching the entire playoffs and, like, how the Bucks really solved them defensively at the end and, like, what the Suns' offense turned into, it became very much like, Devin Booker, go and try and get me a bucket. Drew Holiday had a fantastic defensive game, like you said, and it became really hard. And then, like, Chris Paul got really limited. DeAndre Aiden got limited as well, and he got into foul trouble, and they didn't have enough. Like, if Mikhail Bridges doesn't become a 20-point scorer next year, I don't know what they, they need other guys. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is there, a, you know, an aspect of it where maybe Chris Paul tries to recruit someone else to sure. join him yeah, in Phoenix? Sure, you know? that was what I'm thinking. I mean, we can't roll out Jay Crowder out there anymore, you know? Yeah, well, uh, Crowder was you need, good. You need, other, you need more of him. You need yeah. more, though. You need, th- you need two or three Jay Crowders, right? Yeah. Right. You need you need more for sure. I think losing Dario was actually proved to be like a, a pretty painful loss. Campaigns injury in the previous series yeah, lingering, lingering into the finals for sure. What I, if he goes to? I mean, like, I don't necessarily think he has to go to. He he is not a guy that is foreign to go to a team that is not supposed to be a title contender and make them relevant or further relevant, like a team like New York going across. It's a city of point guards. They certainly were a team that had no idea what they were doing offensively in the first round of the playoffs against the Hawks. They buckled down defensively. They've got Tibbs there. Like, I don't know. I think it would be a lot of fun. People were talking about Dame to New York earlier. I think like we kind of can put that to rest a little bit just because no one knows what's going down. I'm with that. I'm, I am steadfast that Damian Lillard will be a New York Knickerbocker. You think it's going to happen? Yeah, for sure. I want that to happen. I, we people want it. They, you'd rather see he can't win there. You would rather see Damian Lillard there than in Golden State. Yes. For, am I am I talking about for narrative or for fun? For fun. Uh, for you don't want to yeah, see Golden the State, you don't want to see the flamethrowers fly. Yeah, I, I want to see the tsunami. I want. I love brothers. Dan. I want him to be the king of New York. I want that most. He that, that would most be the biggest superstar in all of New York City. All sports. If you if you win at Madison Square Garden, you are the biggest star in sports. Well, okay. First off, Chris Paul's there, Damian Lillard's there. The Knicks aren't going to win. They're yeah. not going to win the title. Well, I'm sorry. What about this? Chris Paul— But I, they, I think, either way, like that team makes a jump from where they were last year from getting bumped in the first round. 
maybe going to the Eastern Conference Finals and like just right. New York is a huge basketball city. It's a it's a massive city in the United States. It's the biggest. Mm-hmm. Like it would be epic. It yeah. would be epic to see either one of those guys there. Well, if Damian Lillard goes there, Chris Paul. If Damian Lillard goes there, someone's going to come with him. I do think I, I, we've heard the rumblings of the Lakers trying to trade for Russ, and I think that's very plausible. Uh, with the Kuzma, Horton Tucker, like Dennis Schroeder sign and trade package, that's like okay, Washington is that what you're really going to do? Sure, but Fine. you think you think if that's the package that you can throw for Russ to Russell Westbrook, you're going to do the exact same package and you're going to go get Chris Paul because he's LeBron's bud. Yeah, I think I would. I'm I'm team Chris Paul stay. I'm also team. Like, why are we sitting here going, you got Jokic, you got Embiid, you got AD, you got Cat, who people often forget about. Why can't we say that Aiton's like that next big man in? I think he is. I think he is too. We talked about it, though. Yeah. I, I think we're on board that he is. I think he could take that next step offensively where it's, it is at least worth it for Chris Paul to try to run it back. I hope I, – I, I, I love the excitement in the fireworks, but I, I, that's one aspect of the excitement in the fireworks where I hope he stays. Go decided. Go and uh, speak up. Let your voice be heard. Let it be heard. All right. We'll be right back after these messages. Uh, hit your free throws. We're the Charity Stripe. We will be right back with the Charity Stripe on the all-new Mightier 1090 AM. SoCal Sports Talk. This is the Charity Stripe on a new generation of radio. The Mightier 1090 AM. SoCal Sports Talk. We're back again, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Hit your free throws because they're free. I'm Joshua Fisher along with Alexander Tosopoulos and Nicholas Snacks Kreider. We had some NBA talk in our first segment. We got some more NBA talk in our second segment because we're brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag and just bet. If you're going to bet your money, there's no better place to do it than BetOnline.ag. I recommend every aspect of the BetOnline.ag service, uh, even the blackjack table, which took a pocket or two for me, but at least it's fun to throw your money. And if you're going to win, win with our friends at BetOnline.ag. And if you're going to lose, also <laughs> lose with them too. We love them over there. Uh, but we want to discuss a lot of fun things, some, some future stuff in basketball. We have the draft coming up next week. Uh, and we're having on our podcast, because we are a podcast, on Spotify, on Apple, and anywhere you get your podcast of the same name, The Charity Stripe. We have some cool interviews coming up. We have Herb Jones, SEC Player of the Year of Alabama, Sharif Cooper of Auburn, and Corey Kispert of Gonzaga. Uh, all these guys coming through to join us uh, for interviews on our show and our yeah, podcast. Yeah, we're super excited about it. Super pumped. So, Toss, you're going to kick us uh, some over-unders, some props uh, yeah. for the NBA draft, and we're going to answer them, and Nick and I are going to throw down on this, and we're going to try to keep track, and Nick and I are going to bet $5 a bet if we disagree. These are, so these are from draft position bets, over-unders from betonline.ag. We're going to do them for the two individuals, two mm-hmm. of the three individuals you mentioned, mm-hmm. Corey Kispert and Sharif Cooper. So for Corey Kispert, yeah. so we've got over 14 and a half, Minus 105, and then under 14 and a half, minus 135. Uh, I would go with the under. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think jo- Josh mentioned this. I don't, we don't think he's making it past New Orleans at no, night time. I think New Orleans is where... Look, once, once you get from seven where the Warriors are, past that, all these teams have, a, have good young cores, and they're, they're needing and wanting to supplement those good young core stars with great shooting. You were looking at Corey Kispert, and at the worst, you were saying this is Joe Harris. At the worst. Played at the highest of levels, was uber efficient. Even with Jalen Suggs, 
going in the top five, maybe the top three, who knows how it shakes down. Kispert was the best player. Like you'll see, Tassi was saying earlier to me, he's the best player on the team last year, still, statistically. So you have a team, like you're sitting there, Orlando has a pick at five. They could take Kuminga. They could take Barnes. They could take more of a project guy and get more of a surefied thing yeah. with Davion Mitchell or Corey Kispert at the eight spot. The Pelicans need another shooter. They could take him. The Kings need like everything, I guess. So they right. could take him as well. I mean, you're looking at, he was a, I think his true shooting percentage was like 64 or something like that, which is ridiculous. He was a 40 plus, 44-ish percent three-point shooter. He's an 88% free throw shooter. Like he, the guy can just shoot the ball. He's pretty athletic too. Like he's, he's good at getting, to the he's race. actually, he's not a small guy either. He's six, seven. Yeah. He's big. He's, and he's good to get to the rack. I mean, there's a, like every team in the top 14 can use him in some capacity. For sure. And he's ready to play right now. He's ready to play. Obviously the Hornets have some wing guys, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, but he does represent a better shooting style than those guys. And they could always move those guys for upgrades. I mean, those guys should both be available if you're the Hornets, honestly. Yeah. Um, you're rolling backup wings out like the Martin twins or your backup wings. Yeah. Which is like, that's a clear upgrade in my mind. hundred percent for sure. And he would work great with LaMelo and under the tutelage of Gordon Hayward. That's true. Very, very true. Uh, okay. So we like the under 14 and a half pick for Corey Kispert. Yep. Minus 135. Make sure yep. you put a lot on that so you can actually make some money. But where would you put on, where, where would you bet that hypothetically? Betonline.ag. Just in and case then forgot. Sharif Cooper, yeah. point guard. He was a freshman at Auburn last year. Electrifying. He was electric, fantastic passer. One of the best alley-oop college passers I've seen in a while. The number for him is 21. Under 21, minus 130. Over 21, minus 110. Kind of a similar situation odds-wise. This is a little bit of a tougher one for me. Really? I think it's tough just because there's so many players that kind of sneak their way into the top 20. Right. That... it's not really considered on a draft big board. You know, we're like, right. The lottery guys are lottery guys, but then there's certain guys that some scouts take risks on. Right. So slightly want to say the over hmm. 20, hmm. 21 and a half. That's, I mean, look, you got Jalen Johnson, Duke who could sneak up. He's in that range. You have Garuba, Moses Moody, People don't know where he's going to go. Isaiah Jackson, Kai Jones can really jump up there. Trey Murphy from Virginia has climbed up boards. Jared Butler's cleared. Um, so there's a lot of guys in that range that could kind of leap him. Chris Duarte from Oregon. For me, I think he, Franz Wagner, I think if you're the, it's tough because you're looking at these teams. Like I think Indiana could use him at 13. They could use a good playmaker. Okay. I think that it's plausible Atlanta uses him behind Trey Young to get a good playmaker off the bench. It was kind of what they wanted to do with Rondo, then they aborted that mission. I'm pulling for the under, but I, th- I do think the over is more realistic. Like Nick said, like things can get really crazy because once you get past 15, and even before 15, once you get past 12, really, like guys, they, they really, these GMs really try and take potential into it because they all want to find that next Giannis, yeah. right? Who was picked with the 15th pick, right? Yeah. Which at the time was like Kawhi. Kawhi was picked with like the 14th, right? Yeah. yeah. Which both of those, maybe a little bit less so Kawhi because his skill set looked a lot more translatable. And of course, anyone that ended up in San Antonio, everyone always has high hopes for. There's always a lot of criticism for these guys that kind of fly up the boards and are uber athletes. You never know how they're going to pan out, if their skill is going to translate. What I can say about Sharif Cooper, and apparently he he was six foot coming into the college year, and now he's 6'3. Now he's grown. He's grown three inches. He is a tremendous passer, and at six foot, if you're a really great passer, you add three more inches. It just makes your ability to see the floor even easier, and to actually, you know, physically distribute the ball, it makes it easier as well. I think he might be, he might be the best 
passer in this draft class. And I think that has to go a long way, but who knows if his, if his offensive game is enough to really entice guys. Like, is he a cam Thomas type score? No. Mm -mm. And, and for, for that, I would say that I wouldn't be surprised if he went over 21, but I do think that any team that gets him has a guy that could blossom into something really special. I think there were a lot of issues with that Auburn team, not to go too in depth on it, but I think the issues that Auburn team that, it was a way less talented team than they had the year before. He sure. was asked asked to do a lot more. He also misses his first. I mean, he misses his first what twelve games due to like the NCAA investigating on eligibility. NCAA has got their head up there, you know what's on a consistent basis. Um, I think a lot of that, a lot of those narratives hurt him. Obviously, his three point percentage is not where you want it to be, but his eight eight point one assists per game are phenomenal, and he's a good rebounding guard, and he could score. Still, he still had twenty points per game, you know, and he shot over eighty percent from the line, the stripe. So I have, I do have some good faith in Sharif Cooper. So I'll go with the over, hoping for the under. But either way, if you're going to get him in the first round, I think you're going to get a valuable piece. Okay, so right. we went. Uh just a little recap. We went under on Corey Kispert at 14 and a half and we went over Sharif Cooper 21. Yep. So you will hear our interviews uh, or at least brief stints of our interviews next week on the radio. And also you can check out the full interview on all your podcast platforms. Everywhere you get them. The cherry stripe. Yeah. Yeah. You know it. Next up. Tell them Nick. Some interesting news came out of the big 12 slash SEC. Um, our university, the University of Texas, we're all UT grads, along with the University of Oklahoma. Yeah, there's rumblings that those two teams might want to leave the Big Twelve and join the SEC. Is there legs to this? We're not sure. This report just came out, and uh, we're doing our due diligence. But we did have a former Texas Longhorn who is now with the Denver Broncos, Caden mm-hmm. Stearns, actually comment on that on our podcast that we released today. Yeah. So take a listen to the audio clip of what he has to say about the SEC talent compared to the Big 12 talent. And here it is. We'll give it to you guys right now. It's mm. crazy. It's crazy. Like in college football, like everyone's like, oh, SEC king of defense. And we're watching like Florida versus Bama. It's like 40 to 50. I'm like, what are we talking about here? Like, seriously, yeah. it's just. I already like- know, man. I, I argue. I argue all the time with guys about that. Like, and I'm not even like a like a conference thing. I don't rep the big 12. I rep my school. I rep Texas. That's it. Yeah. And you know, you know, got A&M who reps the conference and whatever the case, they do all that shit <laughs> like that. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, why? Like you see the offense that Bama started running. Like, what does it remind you of? It reminds you of the offenses of the big 12 spread out. Let the athletes go play LSU. Same thing. They started going towards that. And, and you're going to see start seeing more of it. And you got, man, yeah, they'd be like, Big Ten, best football. Like, Big 12, y'all, I mean, y'all weak. Sorry. I'm like, whatever you say, how can you How can you say it's weak? We have multiple highs and winners. That's and then crazy. you'll see, too, it's like when you get to the bowl season. That's why I like the bowl season. You'll see teams that play, okay, you minus, like, LSU when they played Oklahoma. Like, that LSU team was just completely different that year. Yeah. But this past year, I think Florida played OU, or OU played Florida, or OU put up 63 points. And the reason for it, <laughs> and the reason for it is these, like I call them gurus in the Big Twelve, like these offensive minds, or in general, like uh, Kingsbury. He went, he didn't even win that much at <laughs> Texas Tech like that, and his offense was still one of the best offenses in the league, and that's why he went to the league. Like he yeah. still had that mindset. Like that's there's a reason for it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I was at really... that that Sugar Bowl game where. Y'all beat Georgia. I was at that game, and it was like mm-hmm. I felt like that was that was a huge statement to just be like, look, yeah. like the playing field's a lot more equal than you think it is outside of 
Alabama. We're just we'll yeah, just they'll we'll put them in even, their own category. But like, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's like everybody from Texas that goes to Texas is like, okay, we were highly recruited too. Like I could have went to Georgia. I could have went to LSU. Right. Like, I could have. Yeah, you're like, going LSU. It's the same time. It's the same yeah. talent. It's the same talent level. Like you know, there's some other things, right? I think a difference. I think it just be maybe development, right? Like it's is a thing at least I felt like at Texas has been kind of like a huge issue in the past is development. Other than that, it's like no, like there's no different. I feel like every game that Texas will play, I think we play Bama coming up here next year. I don't know if that's still a thing or we play we have some yeah, contracts. We have home, yeah, I'm not sure homes. what's going on. It's Bama, then it's Ohio State. I think. State and, yeah. and those two games I feel like will be in the game, it's not going to be like a blowout. It's not going to be none of that. It's just, we're not, we're not Michigan. So, like this is not yeah. Michigan. I mean, look, it, it comes. Look, everyone knows that if you're a school at Texas, you're at a school at OU. Even the guys at OK State, you know, in West Virginia, in some instances. I mean, there's in Baylor, right? There's a lot of talent across the board in in the Big Twelve. It just comes to a point from college football do we want it do we want to see this is this what we want because what because then are we just gonna get all the best schools in the south going to the sec and all the best schools in the north going to the big 10 are we going to dissolve the pac-12 well, are we going to dissolve the acc should we bring clemson into the sec like what are we doing here if the big 12 oklahoma and texas move to the sec big 12, big 12 well let's just say hypothetically it remains an entity it remains a conference and you put in a team like who are you putting in you're putting in like smu and you bring back colorado just say that, just hypothetically. I mean, the American conference is, is just as valuable. Yeah, it's, it's really t- like it's just. It's an absolute. It's, det- it's it's very detrimental to college football as a whole. We got two of the biggest brands leaving your conference, going to the biggest brand technically. So you don't and you don't need to do that because if we're expanding the college football playoff, there's an opportunity right. here for the Big Twelve to become very relevant, not just Texas and OU. Arguably, Texas hasn't really been that relevant, even though from a monetary standpoint, they are. Still, like yeah. we all went there, of course. Like and they're considered a powerhouse from a performance standpoint we haven't been right you are never going to get past lsu or alabama because now all of a sudden if you were recruiting against them before it's doubled down now because you're playing them so now people can realize well, you're see- also playing you're playing texas a&m too well yeah we, we discussed how the structure of the like the, the west conference would look the right? west yeah. east breakdown we'd probably go to the west which right. currently has alabama a&m auburn old miss arkansas mississippi state and lsu Probably tell one of those teams to kick rocks and go back Arkansas, go to the east. Whatever. Probably either Arkansas or, or Mississippi State or something. Most likely Arkansas, though, because they don't have really any ties here. Um, and it would be Texas OU joining the West. Now, you're looking at that schedule. Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma, Auburn. You're constantly playing powerhouse teams. Yeah. For me, like it doesn't make a ton of sense from a winning perspective horrible. because you're, you're a basically horrible idea. You're shrinking your chances of making the playoff. Yeah, but I will say, like, not that I'm a fan of this, obviously, but when you're listing out all those people in the same conference, I envision Scrooge McDuck and his, like, eyeballs popping out with money signs because it's like, you know that those are the biggest, there's the biggest name, biggest market teams in college football outside of your Michigan and Ohio States. And, like, people are going to tune in for those games. And if one of the, the thing about it is that, what really matters is television rights. Right. Yeah. Right. And CBS has a deal with the SEC. The SEC, well, the SEC is creating yep. their own SEC network. Right. And if they can, I mean, if wrangle in Texas, yeah, they, yeah. I mean, it's well, crazy. Like financially, what that could put. We forth. already have a Longhorn network. Let me let me run. This well, one. how much is that? Well, it's worth a lot. And let me ask you this: 
subsidiary of ESPN though. Yeah, subsidiary. Okay. You sometimes like the biggest and baddest, you know, is not the best. Like I don't necessarily know if this is like blatantly not the best idea. If you're going on a date with a girl and you're trying to get lucky, I mean, here we're going to go for it. Uh, if you're trying to go on a date with a girl and get lucky, and you go to a restaurant, or you're saying or like, a get, a, get a second, yeah, date. whatever. If you're trying to get, get a second date, right? So, no, I'm not sure. I'm not. Saying, oh, got it. I'm okay. saying you're trying to get like, yeah, lucky. I'm sure, yeah. If you're trying to get lucky, lucky on this date, a smooch. Yeah, trying yeah, to get smooch. Exactly. If you're trying to get some touches uh, on this date, <laughs> <laughs> lips. It's a smooch, dude. Uh, if you're trying to get lucky on this date, how many times are you gonna say if you're trying to get lucky? I'm trying to get in there. Uh, Over under was what, like ten? I think he's almost at twelve. I'm at twelve times. It was almost as many times as he said that our show is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. Okay, <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> uh, you see the menu, and you're looking at the menu, and you understand that there's more to the night than just having a good meal. You don't necessarily have to go for the biggest steak and the most aggressive steak. Maybe you take something that's going to keep your stomach tight knit because you know there's somewhere down the line that you're trying to get to. That being the Salsa college, the, the, yeah. That, he's, that's a great callback to a bad date I had one time. Uh, that being the college football playoff. So yeah, it would be great to delve into the biggest and baddest and try to devour that. Right. But you may get you may you might get a little sickies. You might get a little tummy ache, yeah. and then guess what? You can't go to the college football playoff. So maybe you take it. You easy. might be stuck on the toilet. Exactly. You're exactly. and watching from home. So that's like I think that's my analogy I mean, th- right there. That's how I feel. When <laughs> You're I, Ben still in a in a long game. That, that's how I feel when that's I eat pizza reference. sometimes. You know, I know that cheese doesn't really sit with me well, but I love pizza so much. If I'm on a date and like there's a slice, I'm like, oh yeah. god, I really want that pizza. Nick, there are plenty of pizza joints in California, San Diego, and Los Angeles alike that, that we are ha- not sponsored by yet. That we are not sponsored by. That I'm be. sure can give you a variety of different types of pizza mm-hmm. that would help you with your lactose intolerance. That's good. That's good to know. That's really great to know. But no, I also I, want to ask this question. Yeah. Is making, okay, so from what Texas and OU are making right now in money, is it worth more to win multiple national championships or just to yes. cash in some yes. cash in some money to be with this network? If you win, winning a national championship sets your program up. You are automatically in the pedigree. Right. Even if Auburn and FSU is still have down years, like they are still in that upper echelon pedigree. Like FSU has played some brutal football as of late and they're still getting recruits. And even way worse than we have. Like, if Texas gets, if you win the Big 12 and you go to the playoff and you win, you're the king of the Big 12. Like, like Clemson is the king of the ACC and can't be touched. Yeah. Would you rather go, like, if you're like just objectively a college student, would you rather go to Clemson or Texas? Like, yeah, it has the full allure, Austin. It's a college city. It's a no-brainer. I mean, I'm not even saying that biasly. So, like, you got to win the natty and you just take charge of the Big 12. Yeah, I definitely agree that it, it spoils the expansion of the college football playoff, which opens things up. Really, to me, I just look at the expanded college football playoff as more opportunities for teams to beat Alabama. And the more that that happens, the more that different different college teams will become champions, and that will do great things for your program, for your university. And that's going to be really exciting to see. I mean, there was that year where TCU and Baylor, like, both didn't get in, but they were knocking on the door. They were five and six. Yeah, they. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it's that, so funny. I, I'm looking right now at the SEC standings from last year, and the point differential for Bama is just ridiculous. Six hundred and thirty points for them, 
and they had 252 against them. And, and that, yeah, that blows every team out of the and water. And you want to walk into that? Yeah, if you're Oklahoma, why are you doing that? You've been running the table in the Big 12 for the no last sense. six years, like I, the people, 10 years. I mean, I, I know they won't hear us because we're only in SoCal, and I'm thankful for our reach. These people are at borderline crackheads with these decisions. They just are. Yeah. It's just a crackhead decision. I mean, it, no could, it could be like, let's say like Oklahoma, like Oklahoma's dating like this, this girl who, who, became, <laughs> who became like a really cute Instagram model, right? Yeah. She's growing some followers yeah. and now like Oklahoma's gained some clout. Well, now Oklahoma thinks that they can start dating Victoria's Secret models. And like, that's a whole other ball game because Tom yeah. Brady's yeah, Secret like models, why? Right? Like, you're Oklahoma. Like you're not right. You just whenever you date Victoria's Secret models, you never know what kind of entrepreneurial businesswoman they also will turn out to be. True, Very which, true. Is Tom, which is Tom, a, which, which is, is a Tom, benefit. Which Tom Brady's wife is worth more than he is. Yeah, she's an, she is a beast. But I think it's a great point. Sometimes you just gotta be thankful that you had that really cute girl on Instagram right? that everyone could reference. You're like, yeah, that's my girlfriend. Everyone's like, yeah, dude, dude, she's hot. Yeah, and you, sometimes just that's cool. Like, that's cool. You just got to take it and run with it. Like, you don't have to, like, it's like get, being greedy and try to get fancy with the spices and overthink. It's like the whole thing with, like. You get fancy with the spices, you end up on the toilet at the end of the night. You ate the wrong thing. There you go. And you, yep. it's like it's like Barcelona and, like, Real Madrid and all these, you know, the big Premier League teams. They're all going to make the Super League. And everyone's like, dude, like, how high can you possibly be that you think everyone would be on board for this? I would more likely, I would, I would want, honestly, more for Texas and Oklahoma to either join the Pac-12 or the Big Ten. I, I think that would. Good. I think it would be a little bit more balanced. I think it would make a little bit more sense. The SEC. Oh, is we've just, got we've got the, we've got the Power Five. I'm cool with it. Let I, the Power Five do their thing, or maybe all bring the needs. In, look, the Pac-12 has gotten. They're getting better. Yeah. Well, or maybe, all we need to do is tell the re- in, whisper maybe, to the rest of the ACC. Hey, everyone besides Clemson, maybe try and get a little bit better. Maybe bring in two more teams to the Big Twelve to make it a little bit more intense. Who and who competitive. would you? Real quick, who would you bring? Real I quick. mean, Cincinnati has been looking really good the past couple of years. I think they'd team. be great. I mean, maybe even San Diego State, honestly. I mean, San Diego State's got a great basketball program, and their football team plays pretty well. They play competitive games, and they usually win nine games a season. So, yeah, I mean, that could be another one. Send Nebraska back down to the Big 12. Send Cincinnati to the Big 10. Yeah. Mm. Now we're, of, we're making moves. Cooking with gas. Cooking with gas. And on that note, we are the Charity Stripe. We love you guys. Thank you for joining us and tuning in and listening. Uh, fans out there, drag both feet and bend. Drag both feet and bend. Swing on a full count. Rip that puck. Hit that puck. Hit your PKs because they're free. Hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they're free. Because they're free. We out. Oh, we love you so damn much. Thank you for joining us. Please catch the Charity Stripe every Thursday at 6 p.m. on the Mightier 1090 AM SoCal Sports Talk. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.